What follows is a fall 1996 Saturday night college meeting, recorded November 16, 1996 in Austin, Texas. Message title is, The Experience of Christ is Life, number three. Okay, this is uh, The Experience of Christ is Life, uh, number three, uh, starting with Roman numeral six, which really uh, just uh, comes right after, or fits right in, Roman numeral 5, that is, uh, after the cross, uh, God uh, in Christ as a spirit produced a great dispensational change. This change is not appreciated uh, by anybody to its fullest extent. It's not possible to appreciate the great dispensational change. I'm sorry, can you hear me? Gotta wear this thing. Sorry, CB, I failed. (laughs) <laughs> oh. It's all on. Can you hear me now? Uh, how are we doing? Okay. Uh, we the uh, the the whole universe had to marvel and know that when Christ died. So many supernatural things happened, but they were just to kind of uh, signify or give a little uh, sign to the fact that God had now introduced a dispensational change that would carry on throughout eternity. It would not stop. Uh, uh, Dispensations will still come. We have some more dispensations to come. But the essence of this dispensational change of the triune God, the Father, Son, and the Spirit, living inside of us rather than being outside of us as a uh, friend, as a uh, uh, comforter, as a lot of things, this dispensational change is a major thing that is uh, ours and will only get bigger, richer, fuller, and uh, more uh, involved in our life uh, as time goes on in this age. And uh, even in the next age, things will happen dispensationally, but it will focus on this. You have to realize that dispensations are not for a bunch of different items. They are for this matter of the very uh, triune God Himself coming into us so that he could be uh, what we're going to cover uh, tonight in, as the resurrection life. And that life, you see, is the life after the cross. Before the cross, there was no resurrection. There was no death of Christ. There was nothing in this universe that we could call resurrection life. Yes, there was a couple of resurrections. You know, uh, the, the Lord resurrected this and that. And these were spectacular things and in no way related to each other. But right here, God introduced an abiding thing, a principle, a reality for all mankind, which we can now call the resurrection life. Okay, this is a big thing. Very, very big. Very, very prevailing. Uh, And to do this, it's like like the cross. You see, uh, here's... here's, uh, Here's the world going along, and not very well. Here's the world going along, and the uh, cross of Christ occurs, and things take a major change. Outwardly, the world still goes along. You see, we'll just we'll just drift it off down here somewhere, and it's still operating just fine. It's uh, it's uh, populations explosion, new countries, new things, new kings. He he's put up. Uh, kings, he's taken down kings. All kind of things uh, changed. Uh, technology has changed. The world has changed. Uh, culture has changed. Foods have changed. Na- boundaries have changed. Uh, I give you a little test, Jim. What's the one thing in the world that's never changed on this line? It doesn't mean much tonight, but I'll just give you a little test. Do you know? No. I'll tell you what it is. Nations, countries, cultures, people, technology, all kinds of things have changed. You know what's not changed? The concept and the reality of people living in certain cities. That's the one constant factor.
<coughs> now, uh, the, uh, <laughs> what'd you expect? <laughs> uh, I, I, I wasn't going to split the atom right here in front of you. <laughs> okay, now, uh, the birth of Christ and resurrection is point number six, and this should be a kind of a new little point for uh, a good number of you, and it certainly was a, a, a new thing for me when I was your age. I'm not sure exactly at what age, but it was somewhere around your age, uh, college age, when I heard this, and I was so amazed that it was a truth in the Bible that uh, it really shocked me, and it sets it up for us to appreciate Christ as life. What I want to do tonight, and let me just make it clear now, I want to impress you. I want you to have no doubt that when we talk about God, we're talking about Christ. You see, I tried. To, I, I, I keep trying to make this clear to you, so you don't have any. You don't have any uh, concerns about this, okay? Jesus is God. That's right. You see, they are not separate. Right. They, they, they have certain distinctions, but they are not separate. They are one. Jesus is God, you see. And uh, 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 Jesus is also the life-giving Spirit. They are, you just can't separate them. They are one. Okay? But... <sighs> Not many people really in their mind when they think of the great God consider that He is also uh, nothing more or less than the resurrection life. He is the resurrection life. That's what, that's what Christ is. Christ is the resurrection life. If you want to know Christ, you have to know the resurrection life. If you don't want to know Him, then don't get around the resurrection life because Christ today, since this happened, you see, a new line of human history began on the church side, which is the body of Christ, and that line was resurrection life. You see, resur before here, there, there's just death, then nothing, uh, except a kind of a promise of something to happen after Christ died, by prophecy. But here, you see, you have resurrection. You have uh, I did spell that wrong, didn't I? You have resurrection. Okay. See, I make a lot of mistakes on these outlines, but they, they get uh, the uh, polish, the one who, uh, I have a, uh, have a method that uh, they get <clears throat> fixed. Uh, so if there's a if there's a mistake here, it's actually it's not my fault. Ultimately. <laughs> okay, but anyway, Christ is a Christ is a resurrection life. He is that. That's what he is. You can say, oh, let's go to the top seminary. Let's go to the Dallas Theological Seminary. In this part of the country, it's tops. Let's go to Wheaton up near Chicago. In that part of the country, it's tops. Let's go to the seminary in uh, in the uh, Bay Area. In, in California, it's, it's uh, got some top seminaries. Let's go to the top seminary in Kentucky. You know, Louisville has a top seminary. And on and on and on. And then there's a, there's a massive, hundreds and hundreds of Bible schools and so forth. You see? I went to, uh, I, 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 I went to, uh, I went to college to major in Bible. It didn't last long, but that's what I started out to do. You see? And then I, I, I couldn't take it. I I, I had a minor rebellion and I couldn't take it, you see. But the Word, the Word is the same. It doesn't change. Right. It was the Word for Paul. It was the Word for Matthew. It was the Word for Timothy. It was the Word for Titus. It was the Word for all of us. It was the Word for Martin Luther. It was the Word for all the guys in church history and females who did uh, uh, take the Word literally and uh, got into it uh, substantially. That was the Word of God. And the Word of God is this, that Christ is the resurrection life. And if you see that, you can pursue Christ, not in an ignorant way, not in a kind of a, I don't know what it is, maybe I'll bump into Him. 
Maybe I'll bump into him. You know the famous person, the famous actor, the Americans do, named Jackie Gleason? You know, he's real old now. Somebody came up to him and said, do you believe in God? And he said, yes, I believe in God. I do believe in God. But who he is and how to contact him, I don't have the slightest idea. You see, and you know, uh, Christians don't admit this because occasionally they do bump into an experience of Christ. I did. I got saved before I knew this and met the Lord before I knew this. That was a mercy. But to really experience Him on a consistent day in, day out basis, we need to know who Christ is and what Christ is. And Christ is the resurrection life. Right. That is his hallmark. That is his most characteristic uh, thing. That, is, that defines him better than anything as resurrection life, you see. Of course, he's God. But still, you could know that and not have e- not even one experience of the great God if you don't touch him as life. And that life is after the cross when he was resurrected on the third day, he brought, you know, before, before uh, he was on the cross, he was incarnated into man. Don't you believe that? He was incarnated as a man. That was God coming into man. When he was resurrected out of the grave, that was, that was man going into God. You see? Now, Christ uh, has this change. He's still the same, but he, but there was an additional thing that occurred, and that is he overcame death and he became the resurrection and the life. You see? That's why I put here the scripture, uh, the birth of Christ and resurrection. Look at that. Acts 13.33 that God has fully fulfilled this promise to us, their children, in raising up Jesus, as it also written in, in the second psalm, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. What day, what day is he talking about? In raising up Jesus. Is that incarnation? No, that's the day of resurrection from the tomb. And he said, this day I have begotten you. So he became, did you know there are two births? of Jesus? You don't know that, I bet. I'll bet you didn't know it. I didn't know it. There were two births. There was the day he was born in the manger, and there was the day he was born out of the tomb. And that day was the day of resurrection. And he said, this day have I, what, begotten thee. You see, and he became the Son of God in resurrection. So now we have something, something new in this universe. We have a resurrected Christ. Not just a Christ, but now a resurrected Christ. Quite wonderful. Quite marvelous. You see? I bet you don't. You never read that scripture. Or if you did, you didn't, you didn't really give it much credence. Did you? I'm like you. I, I, I know. I, I mean, things haven't changed that much on the spiritual matters, okay? I, I, I know what it's like and what, how your thinking is and things like that. Uh, uh, you know, I'm not totally in sync, but I'm, I'm a lot in sync with it. Okay. Anyway, do you get the picture? Okay, the resurrection life. Please love the resurrection life. Please make that an equation. Christ equals the resurrection life and vice versa. And just make that so real so that you can know now when we want to get a when we want to have an experience Christ, we need to do it on the other side of the cross. He is no longer here. You see, you want to experience any factor of the death of Christ that Mike mentioned just uh, a few minutes ago, you need to experience resurrection because now all the realities and elements of what Christ has done and accomplished for us are made real to us when we touch Him as the resurrection life in our spirit. Okay? 
Now, the resurrection life. Uh, no, sorry. Yeah. Uh, Rome numeral 7. The resurrection life. Uh, I put a, I think we had this verse last week. But I, I think this is the best verse in the Bible uh, that uh, really shows that the one is the other. Okay? And uh, let's just read to uh, the semicolon. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. You see? I am the resurrection and the life. See, remember I told you last week it's not an event. It's not a futuristic day. Not really. I mean, I mean yes it is, but the nature of it, the essence of it is not that. They made the mistake here of saying, yes, I know he will raise up my brother, you know, that's Lazarus who was in the tomb. I know he will be raised up at the last day. And Je- this is when Jesus said, I, not, not a day. Right. Not even I will right. cause there to be a resurrection, but I am the resurrection right. and the right. life. You see, a big thing. Well, uh, oh, I don't know. See, I want to go on and cover a lot of points and so forth, but if you don't get, if you don't get it, I'm just going to cover points, and uh, you'll say, wow, those are good points, but you still may not be totally convinced and penetrated and permeated with the fact that Christ is in you as resurrected life. And I want to describe this resurrected life using the Word of God, but I want you to be impressed that you now have this life in you if you have believed in uh, the person and work of Jesus Christ, you have Him inside of you. Do you? Do you believe in Him? Yes. Have you opened your heart to Him? Have you allowed Him to come into your being? then you have the resurrected life, and that life is Christ, and Christ is God. Okay? You have Him. You've got to get excited sometimes. I, I'm, I have the triune God. The three-one God is in me. You know, you have to do a little dance. <laughs> David danced in the Old Testament for a lot lesser things than this. You know? Sometimes when you're by yourself, do a little, do a little dance. I, 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 I don't mean to music. I mean just a little, just a little, you know, a little jig type, you know, click. I don't know what to do. Run around the block. Get really, I mean, just, you know, just just have at it. Because why? Christ lives in you. Christ lives in you. Uh, You know, I'm older and, and of course I don't get as emotionally excited as you might. But I don't know if anybody here has seen me, but I have gotten pretty stirred up at times about this matter. And when I do, and I almost feel it coming on tonight, I've got to really watch myself. Okay. <laughs> I've I, I have to watch it or, or, uh, or I, I won't make it back next week. Okay. Anyway, okay, the resurrection and the life. The first point I want to convince you or really show you from the Word is that this life is now so available. What it's done is made Christ available. He was not available to the world, to the earth. He was just available to a few people and and, uh, really it was just mainly twelve and at times a crowd, and at times he would take three especially, right? And he would go and talk to them. So there was a little inner circle there. But uh, what if you lived in some other place in Europe? What if you lived in Germany? What if you lived in Spain, France? That was a long way off. He wasn't available... Because if you're, in, if you're in the realm of flesh and blood like we are, you can only be in one spot at one time. That's right. 
right? So all that was happening was preparatory to him becoming the resurrection and the life so he could be available to us so we could experience him on a regular basis. Actually, just any time we want, the Bible says we can turn our heart to the Lord. What Lord? The resurrected Lord who is life. Amen. Okay. Uh, in John 16, John 14, 15, and 16, let me just throw this out, is the, are, are, these are the great three chapters in the Gospels that uh, are concerning the transition of Christ from flesh and blood through death into resurrection. John 14, 15, 16. I, these are the best. Cha- you have to read these chapters. These, are on, these chapters are given on the eve of the crucifixion and they are uh, tremendous. They are probably the highest literature, just plain literature that's ever been produced on this earth. But to us who believe it to be real and literal, uh, it shows the process Christ is going through so that he could be in us and be the resurrection. In John sixteen seven, he said, But I tell you the truth, it is expedient for you that I go away. You know, expedient means best, right? It's better that I go away. What's this? Go away? You know, Peter, Peter was the big uh, opponent of him going anywhere. Go away? And, and he says, it's best that I go away. Yeah. I need to leave. You're getting stuff from me about God, but it's not the top way to get it. It's not the best way. It's not the, right. it's right. not the ordained way. It's not the way that will take you through eternity. So I need to go. Okay? It is best for you that I go away, for if I do not go away, who? The Comforter will not come to you. And, uh, but, it, but if I go, I will send him to you. And you know, in these three chapters, he, he alternates back and forth all the time about, th- about, you think he's sending another person, and then he says, I'm sending myself. Right. <laughs> yeah. He says, I'm going away, and I'm coming back. And I'm going away and I'm sending another comforter. And finally you put it all together and you see that the, 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 the new person he's talking about is just himself in a new way. <clears throat> okay. Uh, anyway, you see that he was trying to convince them at that time that he was not so available. And not just for them... What about people that were not within uh, a distance that was uh, practically good for communication? You see, he wasn't available. He's not available. What about people that lived on the other side of the world? They didn't even, at that time they didn't even know there was another side of the world. You think there's no Christ? How could they know Christ? You see. Then in in First Corinthians fifteen forty five b it says the last Adam, which is Christ. Uh, I just won't try to convince you of that. Just believe me, or if you don't believe me, go check it out with some other uh, people who know the Bible, and you'll you'll find out that the last Adam refers to Jesus Christ. The first Adam was a type or a picture of Christ. And the last Adam was Christ himself who terminated Adam and the Adamic life and brought in the resurrection and the life. Okay? The last Adam became, look at this, became where? Right here. Right here at this juncture. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So now Jesus is available to you like, like, like the air, like the Spirit. He's so close. He's here right now. 
as a life-giving spirit. You see, this proves Jesus is also the spirit. Because if this spirit is not, is not the Holy Spirit, that means there's two of them. And that's not acceptable, is it? So, the Lord became the life-giving Spirit. Right now, right now, believe He's like the He's like the He's enveloping us, just like the air. You see, you know, uh, uh, some animals live in the water, and they have an ability to filter water into their bodies and extract oxygen. You know. It's still oxygen. They have to live on only they have this mechanism in them that allows them to <laughs> produce oxygen out of the oxygen that exists in water that no that we can't get at. Right? Well, it's like we're it's, see we live we live in a, we live in a uh, an environment that if we had the spiritual insight into. We would realize, you know, we, we're just living in this great big envelopment of uh, the life-giving spirit, and we can just we can just take him in, breathe him in, take him in anytime we want to. We can just take a breath. We can just contact him in our spirit. He's now he's now not a religion. You don't have to go to a mountain. You don't have to go to Jerusalem. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to be elaborate. You don't have to take any sacraments. You don't have to be in a cathedral. You don't have to be in any kind of location. You don't have to be... uh, you don't have to look good. You don't have to look bad. You don't have to be old. You don't have to be young. You don't have to do anything. You are qualified by virtue of the cross of Christ to take him in any time as resurrection life because he's now available to you. Do you see that? And that includes every person on the entire earth. You know, in Acts uh, it says that he poured out his spirit on all flesh. Listen, he's available to a person on this side of the cross who hasn't even believed yet. They haven't, they haven't taken him in, but he still, he still is in their atmosphere. You see? They don't have the eyes to see, but they can take and touch the resurrection life. Okay? B. Uh, uncreated, this life is uncreated and eternal. John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, Son, that everyone who believes in Him would not perish but have eternal life. Eternal life. This is not a major point. In that, I just want to simply uh, convince you that this life is not. Uh, similar. It is a different life from every other life that is on this planet. Or if you're really a kind of a spacey person on any other planet. Okay? Cover the universe. It's a different life. It's un- Listen, it's uncreated. You know, every life got created at some point. I don't care what you believe, but whatever it is, there is a beginning of, of a certain life. You see? Right. Now, here is a life that doesn't have a beginning. You see? Uh, everything spiritual uh, that's eternal is uh, marked by a circle. Isn't that a good circle? Man, what a circle! That's the best circle I've ever drawn. Okay, okay. Now... Okay. You see, where's the beginning and ending of that circle? Right. Where? Where do you start? Where's, where? <laughs> if it's a true circle, it doesn't start and it doesn't stop. It just has... See, it's a symbol of eternity. No start, no ending. This life didn't have a beginning. 
it just was it just just as God had no beginning because this life is God himself it's uncreated and it's eternal you see it's different than any other life and this life now because we get to experience him in a practical way uh, via the cross this life this eternal uncreated divine life is within us and so real that when we touch that listen we touch a life that was in existence before there was our galaxy or any galaxy I, I, I know all the theory I don't, know, I don't know all of them but I know a bunch of theories about creation and creation and you know I, 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 look, I look at them and, and kind of just, just to, because I'm interested in them it doesn't matter which one, which one people believe, you see. Uh, when, when you have to face the fact and you can receive the truth that you are, how shall I even say it, you are enjoying as something precious to you, something that existed indefinitely into the past, It's an amazing thing. It's some life we have. You see, it's uh, it's uncreated. See, it passed through death, and I think this picture shows this, and and uh, what all we covered last week shows that the fact that it was resurrected shows it passed through death. So let's read these uh, two verses: Acts two twenty four, whom God has raised up. Having loosed the pains of death, since it was not possible for him to be held by it. Don't you like this? I love this verse. I love this verse because there's something called pangs of death. You know what the pangs of death are? I don't think anybody is really too clear what the pangs of death are. But something is holding down uh, uh, a an attempt for a life to be resurrected and they are the pangs of death and nobody can break these pangs. Nobody, nobody. Period. See, until we had this unique experience and uh, Christ came, came out of the grave and he... <laughs> how does it say here? It says... Uh, having loosed the pangs of death. Then it says this strange statement, since, or because, it was not possible for him to be held by it. Whatever those pangs are, he could not be held by those pangs. You know, uh, I'm pretty sure those pangs could really do a number on any and every thing that attempted to overcome death. You know, I, I remember last week I said death is so strong. Nobody, nobody can overcome death. Right. When death knocks on your door, I'm sorry, I don't care. Uh, you, you can go anywhere in this world. You can go to the finest medical facilities they may prolong you for uh, you know a little space of time, but I, but death is not death is there, and death is, and death will not leave. Right. You see, because it's so strong. Right. So many controversies today about well, should we you know should we keep people alive on support systems? Are they dead or are they not dead? Are they brain dead? Is that really being dead? I mean, is the brain gold and but the body is still functioning because of support? What's dead and what's alive? It doesn't matter. It doesn't. You, you're, it, when death knocks, see, death is a reality. Death. It doesn't matter. You can stay on a machine for a hundred years, but you are dead. Okay. 
Nobody can overcome it until this event in history happened, you see. He passed through death. Oh, I don't know what Satan thought. I bet, I, you know, he has to believe that he could keep right. Christ That's in the right. grave. He has to have believed that. Or, he, or all of his attempts to, uh, you know, to thwart his resurrection would not have occurred. I mean, why try if you don't think you can do it? Yeah. He must have believed. I, I, you know, I can, only, I can only come to a conclusion that Satan, as smart as he is, as, as wily as crafty as he is concerning resurrection life, he just doesn't get it. <laughs> okay. You know, have you ever met a smart person, but in some line of something, they, they just, I mean, you know, a fourth grader could get it, but they can't get it. I think Satan was that way. He knows this, and he knows a lot about everything and so many things, and he knows so much. But when it comes to, when it comes to rising uh, and resurrection life from the dead as, as something living and real, as a new a state and, a, and, and even being uh, transformed into this kind of uh, uh, pneumatic Christ, he didn't get it. He tried. But... But uh, Christ just brushed, brushed him off. That's right. That's right. Well, it's a wonderful thing that he passed through death. Let's read the next verse, 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty. But now Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Mm, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. They, the, this is the dead people. The fallen asleep in the Bible means you die. But see, uh, de- death is not, <laughs> for believers, death is not a reality. You just sleep, <laughs> right? Uh, before the cross, waiting for resurrection. Okay. And after the cross, waiting for uh, Christ's return. Okay. <clears throat> uh Christ has been raised from the dead and the first fruits are, are following after him. You see, he's not alone in this resurrection business, is he? There's some others called first fruits who are also involved in this resurrection. You see. I think this verse, well, I know this verse, really, really uh, emphasizes a literal resurrection. I, I'm aware of that. But in principle, you see, in the New Testament, the resurrection life is emphasized basically as a principle while we are alive to live according to. You see? Why? Because death, death is everywhere. Everywhere we go, even we don't go anywhere, but we just stop and uh, whatever uh, death is in us because uh, sin and death lives in our, in our flesh, right? And death is, what is death? Death is just something that has the power to kill us in our ability and feeling toward contacting and enjoying God. That's death. So a brother can come up and uh, he can he can say, you know, compared to last week, I'm dead. And everybody says, what are you talking about? But you know, if if somebody really knows the life-giving spirit in resurrection, they'll say, well, let's pray and just pray and get back to where we should be. That's right. You know, I won't tell you what it was. Something killed me so bad today. It just killed me. It took me. It took me 45 minutes, at least, at least 45 minutes. That uh, uh, I, I had to, I had to get by myself. I got in the car and drove for a little while and just, and just tried to 
uh, overcome by you know by just looking to the Lord yeah. inwardly. Uh, Lord, no, no, this, no, I can't take this. No, no, this is death. This is not right. I, this is not. This is not my life. This is not my portion. This is what. This is not what I'm here for. This is not what you've given me. This is not what I should be experiencing. No, I just don't agree with wow. this. You know what? I don't, I, I don't feel dead at all right now. Amen. <laughs> After just a little while, the Lord, you know, the Lord just in his resurrection life, right. he began strengthening in the spirit, strengthening, strengthening, That's strengthening, right. strengthening, Amen. strengthening. So now I'm really strong. <laughs> it's amazing. Listen. And this week, this coming week, I hope out of all the experiences you have as a college-age student, I hope out of all those experiences, when death looks you in the face, when death tries to kill you through anxiety, pressure, culture, through whatever tactic it may be, when death tries to come in and just quench you in the Spirit, I hope you just turn and look to the Lord and say, No. I will choose life and I will not live in this this, uh, culture and way of darkness and death. I will not live this way. I will live in life. I have the resurrection life that God ordained for me to live in life, and that's the way I'm going to live this week. And I'm not going to take this, and I don't have to take this, and I don't care how big it is. I don't care how small it is. I just will exercise my spirit, call upon the Lord's name, be refreshed in my spirit, and live that way because that way was ordained by God. I hope you have more than one experience. I hope you have numerous experiences like that. If you do, you're, you're in the way of the economy of God. Amen. <clears throat> uh, this life is also D, indestructible and thriving. Ooh, indestructible and thriving. Yeah. Hebrews 7.16 says... Who has been appointed, not according to the law of a fleshy commandment, but according to the power of an indestructible life. Okay, oh, this is great. Hebrews 7.16, who has been appointed. That's Christ, of course. Uh, If you knew the context, you'd you'd see it's uh, more than obvious. Who has been appointed, not according to the law of a fleshy commandment. You see which is, is an Old Testament uh, concept, yeah. but according to the power of an indestructible life, Amen. Christ has been anointed and appointed by God to carry out His full salvation, and He's been uh, appointed that way by the power, not of some kind of uh, human thing, manufactured thing, but by the power of an indestructible life. Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible says. That's right. Indestructible. You can't... You cannot destroy this life. It doesn't matter. Okay? Let me tell you, I have another concept about something Satan doesn't quite get. He doesn't doesn't quite get it because he keeps throwing... He keeps throwing problems, obstacles... feelings, temptations, depressions. Of the saints, kind of dangling them there. Right. Like, just take a bite. It'll, you'll be fine. Eat this, eat this bite. You know, just kind of, like, uh, kind of like Eve in the garden, right? Take a bite. That's really good stuff. Take a bite. Or something happens. Maybe it's a, maybe it's just really a, something happens. Maybe your car blows up. Maybe your maybe your car is stolen. 
You see? In some cases, you'd probably be better off without your car, <laughs> right? But maybe it's a tragedy. See? Maybe a brother falls in, in love with a sister. Wow! You know, what an event! Only to find out, you know, uh, she, she, she doesn't. She doesn't even know you exist. And uh, too bad, you know. <laughs> you thought God had really given you a, a, a mighty leading, and you found out that uh, it was just a, a mighty disappointment. <laughs> you know, something like that. You laughed. But it happens. It happens. Okay. You know what? Oh, you can be down for days. I've seen people. I've been this. I, 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 I know this too well. You can be down for days just because of something. Down. So down. Even the Bible says downcast. You know, down is, I mean, down. You know, in Texas we say it's, you're lower than a snake's belly. That's down. <laughs> right? When you have to reach up to touch the bottom of the barrel, you're down, right? That's down. That's right. You know what? When you're down, it's like, it's like Satan doesn't realize that the resurrection life is looking for all these little excuses to manifest himself as being more powerful than any kind of uh, death thing that can happen to a brother or a sister, and he will manifest himself. If you'll just touch him in the Spirit, you'll, you'll just have a rebound that defies any kind of thing that can come your way. Absolutely. I don't care from who, what, where, when, your husband, spouse, brother, sister, the devil, the president, the, the joint chiefs of staff, the uh, atomic bomb that's going to hit in 25 minutes. I don't care what it is. You have the, you have, you have, it's like a, a, a you know, a, 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 a bouncing ball inside your being that you just squeeze it a little bit and it just, boom, it just flies away because it's so powerful. You see? It's the resurrection life. You squeeze it and uh, the thing will explode right in front of you and manifest all of its glory. And it's, and it's life and it's reality. I've been in the church life over 30 years now. That means I've been through some difficult times. I don't mean just individually. I mean some really huge things that uh, we had to overcome as a whole. I mean with all those things. And you know what? We always saw one thing and we believed it and we trusted it and we waited to see it happen. And that is, if Satan presses too far... There will be a, a divine reaction that will occur and it will happen inside the saints and they will manifest this resurrection life and they will blow Satan out of the water. Amen. And you know what? It's happened every time. And we're still here. <laughs> okay, it's indestructible and thriving. See, it thrives. It, thri- it thrives. See, we, we, have, we have a saying. We have a saying. Okay, here's a, this is a new saying for the church here, okay? And for the saints here. This is a new saying for us. You see, don't mess with this life. Don't mess with it. See, tell Satan, don't mess with the resurrection life. You're going to get clobbered. Oh, well, I'm not going to finish. Okay, it, this life contains all the fullness of God. 
to say that is to say so much that uh, I can't even get into it. It's just it, everything is in this life. It's not like this life just has a. It, it's not that this, it's not that this life is just living. It's that this this life contains every virtue, every attribute, every precious thing, every glorious thing. Everything Christ did, everything Christ is, everything Christ obtained, it is a total containment of all the riches of what Christ is. It's, it's full. It lacks nothing. Okay? And actually, I wanted to use another verse that shows it a lot better. So... Uh, but anyway, for time's sake, we won't do that. But look at F. Since this life has all these attributes and virtues, F comes naturally. It produces totally the image of Christ. Totally the image of Christ. You are going to be just like Him. Just like Christ. I Believe it. Believe it. Because it's going to happen. It's going to happen. One way or another, believe me, it's going to happen. You can take the easy way or the hard way. You can take the short way or the long way. You can take the scenic route or you can take the interstate. It doesn't matter which route you take. You're going to get there eventually. You can do it by having a lot. You can just, uh, you, you, you can, you can just be a hard nut to crack. But believe me, you will be cracked. Okay. So, <laughs> so this, this life, you see, produces something in Romans 8.29 that's called... Well, let's just read that verse together. Because those whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Ah, the firstborn among many brothers. <laughs> Conform to the image of Christ. What, 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 what will we be like? Do we dare think ahead to try to imagine what total conformity to the image of Christ is when he comes back and when this age is over, total conformity to the image of Christ. And total conformity in the age of the New Jerusalem, the age of eternity future, when the New Jerusalem is just the city full of the constituents, which in this age we know is the body of Christ. Can we imagine? No, I don't think. There's word, the, the, the Bible reveals things, but it's still mind-boggling, you know. And, and uh, this is still the age of faith, and then that w- later will be the age of sight. So we just leave it there. But whatever Christ is, however he is, however wonderful he is, however precious he is, however powerful he is, however loving he is, however real he is, we will be just like that. So go for him now. This is the age to really get into the groove so that he can he can send us all the way. You see. And then uh G is, I think you're convinced, uh, it's just Christ himself. And uh, hmm, my editor really blew it on this one, for you died. <laughs> I gave you the wrong verse, didn't I, C.B.? It's 3-4. It's, your life is, uh, for, it, when Christ our life is manifested, then... You shall be then. You shall be manifested with him in glory. 
Uh, anyway, it should be uh, for it's three, four Colossians three, four. Christ, our life. It just shows Christ is the, the, that the life, which is even our life, is just Christ Himself. But anyway, there's so many verses. Uh, uh, you, you can just look it up or look up other good verses too. Then H is received by breathing. John twenty twenty two. After the cross and after he was resurrected, there was a period of time. Do you know how long he was on this earth before he ascended to the right hand of God? How long was he on this earth? What? That's right, 40 days. In the earlier part of those 40 days, one of the things he did is he went to the disciples who were scared, confused, not knowing what to do. And he went to a room which was locked and they were there kind of, uh, you might say, uh, confused and also very fearful you see, because Christ always took care of everything when He was with them, but now He was gone. So He goes into this room that's locked. He doesn't go through the door. He just goes, He just appears. Because why? Because uh, you can say He's physical. Well, yeah, because Thomas touched, touched His side. But He's also been made a life-giving spirit so he's so there's a transformation here you see he's really in another realm well <clears throat> what he said was this John 20:22 20, and when he had said this look at this word what do you what do you think he would do to them? of all things what do you think would do to them Sit down and let me explain the, the scheme of what's really happening. I've only got, uh, I've only got 32 two days left, and then I'm going to ascend, and here's what you need to do. Okay, Paul, you take this, uh, you take this burden, and uh, Peter, you take this burden, and, uh, you, you know, not Paul, <laughs> but uh, Matthew, <laughs> James, and John, that crew. Okay, see, and Thomas was there. Thomas, what are you doing? Well, I don't quite believe, but uh, I'm, I'm having second thoughts right now. <laughs> okay, he goes in them, and you know what he does? The first thing he does, he breathed into them. He breathed like that. And said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Christ breathed and the Holy Spirit got into their being there. And that was before Pentecost. They got the Spirit into their being on this day and they got the Spirit upon them for power on the day of Pentecost. He breathed into them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. You see, this, this established a principle that we can enjoy the life-giving Spirit by breathing. Spiritual breathing. That's what prayer is. That's what calling on His name is. That's what loving Him is. It's just breathing uh, toward Him and to Him. Oh, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord. Lord, I need you right now. Right this minute. Oh, Lord. I need... I'm breathing, you see. It sounds like I'm talking, but really I'm breathing spiritually to the resurrected life who's Christ. And you know what I get? I get the Holy Spirit. See? Just breathe. You know, in the physical realm, people have realized breathing makes a real difference in certain things. Uh, I don't know too much about that side of things, but spiritually speaking, breathing is everything. 
Breathing is everything. You see, so we have to breathe Him. That's how we receive Him, breathing. There's lots of other synonyms for breathing, like eating and drinking and enjoying and fellowshipping and communing and things like that. But you know, the first thing the Lord said to His disciples was, uh, uh, you know, He breathed on them. And He said, receive the Holy Spirit. Right. So this is a very good thing. Breathing. Who can't breathe? Is there any human being that doesn't understand how to breathe? I never figured out how to breathe. <laughs> you know, I've, I've been living on this earth for a long time now, and I just can't get the hang of this breathing stuff. <laughs> no, breathing is related to life. And it's so simple. And this means everybody that has a heart to do it can do this. And you can breathe in the living Christ. Okay? I think just covering these two points tonight is enough. That will leave us with regeneration, uh, maybe to start with next week as number four. And uh, we'll just uh, cover these two points tonight. And uh, Tim, what do we do now? We like... uh... Share something. Oh. Okay. Uh, we've got uh, 